Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 447, recording live from a place with lots of green and fortunately the beer as well, on Thursday, March 17th. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. And I'm Adriel. And I'm Kyle. Hello, guys. Hey. Hey, how's it going? We got Kyle. Kyle is. Oh, my God. Yeah, he looks like he's he's outside in a T-shirt. There's Uh, shorts, flip flops. That doesn't look like that doesn't look like northern Alberta. (laughs) What's 10 degrees Celsius right now in Edmonton? I feel like going outside in uh, shorts and a T-shirt as well. Maybe working on my tan a little bit. I think I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Probably won't work as well as there. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> the other day I saw a UV index on my watch higher than zero for a long time. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you may tan. <laughs> yeah. You may, you may tan. Uh, we'll get into what we did with guns. What we did with guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer, featuring the Staccato XC pistol. Uh, 2011. Sorry about that. Uh, Pretty fancy. You guys have seen the staccatos, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. This one's got a brake on the front. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, the XC, is that their compact? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, it's got a comp on it. Uh, it can't be. It's not that compact. No. Here, okay. let, me, let, me, let me share what this thing looks like. Because we could just talk about it, or I could just pull it up. There we go. There we go. Look, it's oh, got, yeah. yeah, it's got like cuts in the slide, and it's got a comp up front. Uh-huh. Pretty high sights. Are those suppressor sights? They look pretty high. No, no, those aren't suppressor no. sights. No. Yeah, okay. No, because I, I don't even think, maybe it does, but I think that comp is actually machined in the barrel. It's, I don't think it's threaded. Might be. Mm. Mm. Or no, it's it, it, it high sitting. Yeah. I, 2.5 pound balanced trigger. 2.5. Nice. Nice. Integrally uh, compensated. Badass. Yeah. I feel like Kyle, range. I feel like Kyle has the most to tell us tonight, so we'll start <laughs> off with him. Okay. Well, I do have a bit of a list because I'm on a trip, so I'd like to kind of review that. But we'll start off. Uh, I was talking about the ATF last week and we got some good news. They came through in the nth hour, literally. I find I got a hold of them on Friday last week. Actually got on the phone with a specialist, talked him through the FRT, and he said, "Yep, yeah, no, that looks like looks right. You just need to prove that." With a little bit of a pause, I was about to say something. He's like, "And this is a perfect document to do that." <laughs> So resubmit. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but if I resubmit, I, I, I need it for Sundays. Like, yeah, no, I can't guarantee it, but we're going to try and get it done for you today. I'm going to mm-hmm. get this lady to email 
you so it won't be a general email address, a direct email address to resubmit my form. She replied, yep, I got it. I'm going to start processing it. Three hours later, and like they're in West Virginia, so Eastern time, I got it at 20 to 3 Mountain Time on Friday, so 20 minutes before they're closing up shop, and she actually called to make sure I received it. So Very nice. After my gripe with the ATF, in the end, they came through and actually had good customer service, too. So There you go. <laughs> uh, but then... Late Sunday night, I left Grand Prairie to start my trip down to down here to the States and stopped in in Edmonton, uh, Craig's place. He's the buddy that I'm driving down with. We loaded up and we're heading out to Edmonton about 3, 3.30 in the morning. Border was good. It was a quick 25-minute stop. Actually, they didn't even look at our guns, asked us about a bunch of questions and everything and hmm. ran our stuff. And then, yep, yeah, okay, good luck in your match. Have a good one. Oh, the agent actually asked me where in Canada we could find uh, Subsonic 9 mil because he had troubles finding it, so. <laughs> Subsonic 9 mil? Yeah. But why? Suppressor. Hmm. <laughs> For the suppressor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so yeah, that was interesting being asked by an American where to find ammo, which... Turns out that was a foreshadowing of what we would find down here because we've been in numerous uh, sportsman warehouses, which is basically like a, not as flashy Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop or like a wholesale sports. And the ammo selection is absolutely horrendous and the quantities are absolutely horrendous and the prices are horrendous. It's It's brutal. We, we, we had to actually look for shotgun ammo. We were trying to, we were looking and, oh, well, where's the shotgun ammo? They have a section about like that. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. No, <laughs> no flats, nothing. Some, a few slugs, some buckshot, maybe the odd case of target load, but like nothing. Down to the scraps, eh? Oh, it is. It's down to the scraps. And like, I was looking for Hornady Frontier. And they were showing limited quantities on the website, but 75 cents U.S. around. A federal, like American Eagle, it's like 95 cents around U.S. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the U.S. does panic buying way yeah. worse than we do. Like we we like I, I would say we did we did it pretty bad with like toilet paper when when Corona for, first came around. <laughs> we did, but yeah, with ammo. I haven't seen super bad panic buying in Canada. I just think like we don't have very many shooters uh, compared to like ammo places. But in the U.S., like my God, their panic buying is so bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal, and like nothing for powder in there. We were overheard one guy asking for primers. No, she kind of half chuckled and no, we don't have any yeah. primers. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, it's. It's pretty bad. We'll see next week on how uh, New Mexico and Texas are, but that's that was Utah and Phoenix that we were looking at that stuff, and yeah. But on our way down, we uh, stopped in stopped in for a rest at Beaver, Utah, because well, got to stop in Beaver because it's Beaver. But uh, we ended up they have a sign there, the largest gun shop in Utah, mm-hmm. and I had actually been in the store before. But 
it's basically a pawn shop is what it is. And my first trip down here years ago, I had stopped in there, but I think I was in a rush and I was looking for something specific and didn't actually spend any time looking around, but Greg wanted his go. So, okay, yeah, we'll go. I'll give this store another go. And we ended up standing there for about two hours talking with the owner of the store, showing us all sorts of interesting stuff. Like he, he had previous day got this ammo can of just interesting ammo and he started bringing it out and there's AP rounds, tracer rounds, exploding rounds. He had a 15 mil M38 explosive round there at actually let me hold it and I'm like okay that's probably the scariest time that I've ever had scary is but awesome yeah exactly it's just like <laughs> um okay I'm basically holding a bomb that moves at fast speed okay cool <laughs> so that was cool and we were talking actually that was a cool moment because we went out to the truck I grabbed my WK and Craig grabbed his alien because he had never seen them so and at this time there was a bunch of locals and so all these locals had never seen these guns like they they're like what's an ar-180 well (laughs) yeah so that was cool being able to show them something and just an awesome visit but then uh while we were there i found what subcompact i'd carry if uh if i lived down here or if i could if i had my permit to carry down here because right now i have a glock 48 but i don't really actually enjoy shooting that but uh, Sig B365 large. That fits nice. B365 large. Okay. Yeah, it it it's got a it's gonna sound like like a 19x, but it's not as bad of oversized grip of the 19x where it's a 17 grip, but the 19 barrel. It's just an elongated. It brings it down to like the length of a standard with the finger groove on the mag. But then it goes down on the back strap too, so it actually fits your hand nice. And what's the round count for that? Oh, what was that? That was like fifteen, I think. Twelve or okay. fifteen. Yeah. Uh. So and yeah, it felt really good. But yeah, from there we went to St. George and we were gonna stay overnight in St. George because we did the Tuesday night steal at the SUPS range, Southern Utah Practical Shooters. And we had to go through their orientation thing. And so our first round, this they're great at this. For one, it's 10 bucks to go shoot their Tuesday Night Steel. And if you shoot it any additional times, it's $5. Well, wow. it, was, it was our first time there. So they're like, okay, yeah, you shoot for free. And then your next time will be $10. Okay, cool. So we go do our orientation match. And first on the trigger, okay, yeah, there was a lot of rust to knock off. <laughs> but uh, we got through that and started getting some good runs in. It was only four stages, so it was nice, simple. But uh, we were walking back, and we had already decided, yeah, let's let's try and go again. We're there to shoot. There's still lots of time left in the day. And uh, so I actually ran into Ryan Nelson, who I've, I've stopped and talked with him lots before, and every time I'm there I try and say hi. But uh, And then ended up our guest tonight, Rawson, talking with him and we ended up going shooting our other round that they ended up down pricing and said yeah no five five bucks per for your next one so that was cool and went out and shot with brian and and ross and that one was was much better apparently better than i 
thought because we were checking practice score later on that night and somehow still trying to figure out how I ended up taking second and limited that night for the, for the Tuesday night steal. So, and actually not too far off one of the Williams sisters, if anybody knows who they are. So I, I Mm. feel like they might've been messing around because there's no way I'd be getting close to, to them. But yeah, that was a cool surprise to see that on practice score. But yeah, then after that, we, next day we drove down where I'm at now, Mesa, and we got into town yesterday, well, it was right around three, but we got to to the range. We decided to go straight out to the range, do our check-in and do some walking the stages. The range closed at five. So we actually got there at four o'clock, got about three and a half stages walked and came to my grandpa's place, settled in for the night. But then today we were back out of the range walking the rest of the stages and whatnot. And the stages, they're, they're superstition mountain stages. There's some memory stages. The stage that we're starting on that I was concerned about after watching it, I'm not concerned about it at all. They got the timing set so nice on that. Oh, good. Like the max traps, they, their staff was shooting. So we were actually able to watch somebody shoot shoot the popper and that max traps are actually offset on when they open. Okay. So it, it actually it, looking at it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. That's going to be a fun, fun little string to shoot. And apparently for the first time, we're not pushing out to 500 here. Longest shot is 350 yards. So, so you yeah. don't get the advantage of running the 18 and a half inch barrel with the extra velocity you get to speed. Out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even that much longer because most of the guys are running at least 16s down 16s. here, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, walk stages. And there's a few of them that, yeah, we, we needed to video and really come up with a plan. There was multiple plans, some that would really screw you over. And then, but most of them are pretty, pretty straightforward, but they're definitely still testing your skills out in that. And that was a cool moment too, was we were walking a stage, Patrick Kelly come walking up and I had shot with him in 2019. So said hi to him and mm-hmm. whatnot and actually gave him uh, what I was thinking for a stage plan. And he, he seemed to like it. And so him and his buddy were there and Jerry Mitchell like walked up and started talking to them. And so you guys come up with a different plan from yesterday. And the one guy says, yeah, yeah, actually an, a, a better one. Okay. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they have since modified it from, from what I told them, but it's still along the same line. So that was kind of a feel good moment for sure. <laughs> and yeah, just looking forward to the match. We're going to go back out tomorrow do some shooting, make sure things are all finally final dial in and watch people shoot. Cause we shoot all day Saturday and then Sunday and reward Sunday. So, and then we'll be off to Texas on Monday. Nice. Yeah. But I am a little concerned cause my ankle has been acting up since Tuesday night and after today, even walking around. So I'm going to be in my brace tomorrow and we'll see how it goes. Just get my brace excuses it. out at, Bring mm-hmm. some ibuprofen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get it. Get it good and wrecked. He, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna wreck it. I'll do it good. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, but also just got to get my excuses out beforehand, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess the final thing, besides just enjoying the time down here and the travel, uh, my Starlink finally got shipped. After over a year, oh, finally, okay. I got notification of my Starlink shipped, so I will be going home to better internet. Awesome. Mm. <laughs> mm. You're going to love it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, but that is my brief, long novel. Brief? Uh, <laughs> yeah, quotations. <laughs> it, it feels brief after the last few days. So, yeah, I'd imagine. So, it's a lot of yeah, driving. For sure. Yeah, and a lot of stuff happening, too. So, yeah, it does seem brief to me. But, uh, Adriel, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, a couple things. So I think on, on the last show, I was talking about uh, building a gun room and okay, it's built. It's roughed in. Had a couple of buddies come out and uh, and we framed in a couple of walls and secured them so that they're hard to break into and uh, uh, plywood and drywall and all that kind of stuff. But uh, one thing I realized I was building it, it's right next to my uh, hot water tank. Hot water tank needs to be replaced. It's like 20 years old and hmm. uh it's gonna it's gonna start leaking and blow up on me one of these days. So I I called a guy for a quote, gave me a decent quote, uh, and then uh, I also realized oh the government will give me four hundred dollars if I get this energy evaluator. So that's all happening next week. Um, we're gonna get the energy evaluator, then the plumber, then I'm gonna move in all the guns. Not before I don't <laughs> before oh it's a oh hobby room or something. Why is there a big bad lock on it? Why is there a steel door? <laughs> I don't want kids in there, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what my excuse I, I got to protect yet. my hobby. Yeah, what's my <laughs> hobby, though? Like, it's is this a sex dungeon? Like, what, what's going on here? Why do you got all this like, <laughs> noise-canceling stuff going on here? Uh, I'll just let him use his own imagination, because I can't imagine his imagination would be arsenal. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah just so just keep, keep the opsec just a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm going to get a uh tankless hot water teeter and the energy guide thing and whatever and then i'm gonna build in well actually i'm gonna, I'm gonna build my racking uh, uh in the meantime so that once this is all done i'm just gonna move stuff in screw it to the wall i started doing uh transfers on my handguns uh i have little hope that those are gonna be fast at all uh they mm-hmm. are uh, if you try calling into the CFP right now, they might just hang up on you. It might just be, oh, sorry, the, the, line, the line's too long. Uh, hmm. Email hmm. us or something. I don't know. Uh, that might be the response you get. Uh, or uh, one of my buddies who's transferring handguns to me, he said it took him an hour on hold to uh, to get through. Uh, it only took me about 30 minutes when I called back in to uh, to get them to complete the transfer. Um, but boy, like nothing, nothing puts a, an exclamation mark on the... Uh, uh, theater security theater like uh, waiting on hold for them to, uh, to to tell them some numbers and them to say okay those numbers match these other numbers and uh, please wait now I know what's going to happen I'm transferring so many handguns at once I know they're going to flag it I know they're going to sit on their ass for a week I'm going to call them and they're going to be like oh yeah why are you getting nine of them? Oh, you could have asked me called in the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're going to be like, they're going, where are you going to store them? Why do you need nine of them? And then we're going to go through yeah. all that kind of stuff. And yeah. me just say, yeah, it's for Song and dance. Yeah. Yeah. Each one of them yeah. is different. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, barely, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them are nine millimeter. I realized just from looking. Yeah, they're all nine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna have to do that. Um, build some racking and maybe buy some shelving. I want to get like some some racking and shelving, so like ammo and all that stuff. Because like uh, part of this is. I have all this stuff in, well, not the guns. The guns are either at, at buddies' houses that I've transferred to or, uh, or, or or that kind of thing. None of that kind of stuff is here. But, like, all my equipment, like my belts and holsters and magazines and all this stuff is sitting in boxes right now. I can't move it, like, move it in until that room is ready because it, it's a lot of stuff. Like, I have, a, I have a lot of gun stuff. Like, my wife's got lots of boxes, like, clothes and stuff kind of thing. I have lots of boxes, like, gun stuff. But it's all got to get out and it's all going to get put in the right place. You know, uh, trigger scale. Yeah, that's got to be handy. So when I do my next review, I've got the trigger scale handy so I can use the trigger scale. Yeah. Weight scale so I can weigh the... Yeah, that, all this stuff has a place that I, that I need to store it somewhere so I can use it. But for now, it just sits in a box. So yeah, anyways, I, long story short, a uh, couple weeks and I think I think that stuff will be good to go. Uh, I signed up for a three-gun match. Yeah, nice. Signed up for a three gun match. I kind of, I was actually voluntold. Uh, I had to be at the, the three gun match, but then they're like, actually, we don't need you for admin, but we could use an RO. So I'm going to be at an April three gun match for Chaz. So uh, nice. I was kind of like, oh, am I ready for that? Like, I don't have like any of this stuff. Uh, maybe I will be. I wonder if I'll have time to like dry fire. It'll be like embarrassing because keep in mind, like, I've been pretty cold for a while. My three gun stuff yeah. has been like locked up or transferred away for six months at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's it's been a while but yeah. like riding a bike no sure you'd like to think so. <laughs> you'd like to think so but i i feel like my first couple of stages will be uh rusty okay. rusty actually one other thing to mention uh we switched our rule set over to uspsa multi-gun uh so that i gotta figure out i got like i was involved with like setting out the rules and, and going through them and that kind of thing but i still don't feel like i have a good handle on them there's like there's some complexity in there and there's some application to it as well that uh, that's a little bit tough because there's like there's rules that refer to rules that refer to different rules that's how the uspsa multi-gun rule book is built and it's uh it's annoying how complicated it is so are you guys it, gonna stray in any way or just nope it's uspsa you rule have period. to you, ha- you have to stray for some things yeah. um yeah, and we have those like noted out where it's where it's different from uh, uh, from standard USPSA. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense for like for uh, Canada or for our range. Like, there's there's just some differences where we had to stray, but we marked out mm-hmm. which which ones are because the thing is that the the beauty of of going to USPSA, we were on Three Gun Nation. That rule set's dead. They're not updating it as they go along. USPSA oh, okay. multi gun rules are being updated, um, and in fact. What was the one I just recently heard about? They are working on something around the carrying of rifles and shotguns that is easier than they have it right now. So, like, that's the kind of thing well, where they're going to update as they go along, and it's going to be it's going to make it easier for the rest of us. Well, I heard one thing on on their changes, uh, mm-hmm. and instead of unbagging at a safe area. I like the idea on where they were going, but they took it and they USPSA'd it. So now you, it's not just, you don't need to be at a safe area. You need to be within two feet of a berm. Oh, okay. I like it. Okay. 
like your conveyance. So whether you a wagon side by side, you got to park your side by side within two feet of a berm in order to unbag. I mm-hmm. I, I personally am getting tired of rule sets that treat everybody like kids. Like if you can unbag your gun without pointing at anybody, do it. Mm-hmm. You're saying like yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess so. And, you, and I'm sure you've been forward. to... Forward. It's a yes, step it's forward. A, it is yeah. a step forward. Like I said, I like where they're going. It's just the execution I'm not necessarily a fan of. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been same range as I have. And sometimes you can't get within... You can't store your equipment two feet from a berm. Because there's mm-hmm. not enough sta- space on that bay. Hmm. Yep. That, that yep. was one thing that... I like, like I said, I liked where they're going, just the execution. I was curious about when you said that you're going USBSA. USBSA. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just it's just more standard. It's more standard. Oh, for sure. And they do have a good yeah. rule set that it's well covered. Yeah. 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 Um I don't know. I, I think that's it. That's it for me. I need to transfer some handguns and uh nothing will be done for two weeks. But after two weeks, am I gonna no? Next week I won't be done. The week after, I'll probably be. I'll, I'll probably have stuff moved in, depending on when the the CFP decides to like let me know that they weren't actually gonna transfer my uh, my my uh, permit, and I had to call in and uh, and tell them that I'm target shooting again with the guns I owned before. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not gonna put that two those two together. That's no. not their job. Yeah. Their job is just to be a pain in the ass and uh, and waste my time. That's that's their function here. Yeah, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's enough of my griping. What about you, Mo? <laughs> uh, my list is shameful and the opposite of Kyle because I did nothing. Uh, there was no match last weekend because it was canceled because of that snowstorm I mentioned. Uh, it was supposed to take place this weekend, and then I guess the range is not in great shape now because they were going to do a portion outside, and so that's not happening either. It's probably uh, muddy, eh? Just, yeah. just from all the, the moisture. Yeah, so they said it's not safe and they're, they're not going to bother. Uh, and But I'm, now it gets dry for a while because it's going to be another couple weekends before I'm actually able to shoot them. So match, I was on a pretty good streak of almost every week, every second week, and now it's going to be... Mm-hmm three four weeks so that's still pretty good like you're still like hitting a pretty good clip here with the number of matches you go to yeah yeah oh no absolutely and then it's going to get tougher um this spring and summer there's going to be tons of matches and just you know obviously with gas it costs more now the ammo costs Mm -hmm. more but i'm going to try to go to as many as as i can all right um yeah, so unfortunately, because I didn't uh, didn't have any matches, I I did no dry firing. I'm not as motivated when there's nothing coming up to get ready for, right? Uh, didn't make any ammo either. <laughs> uh, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, but that's really that's really it. I always find myself going back to Hickok. I just I just like his I just like his stuff, his reviews and stuff. It's pretty always pretty cool. He did one on. Um, which shotgun he wouldn't part with. And there was a bu- like a bunch of, you know, older pumps and uh, uh, the the M4 was in there. And I think he ended up picking the, uh, he picked the 870 over the 590. So that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. Um, it's made of tomato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were down to the last two anyway. So that's, that's what he ended up with. Um, that's really, that's really it for me. 
Um, we'll get into upcoming events sponsored by TLS Alpha. TLS Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the farms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at TLSAlpha.com. So we have uh, maple seed events have started to be released, just published uh, BTSA and Trump Heller and Ontario events opening soon. I think Those bigger ones are selling out quick. So if you're looking for one in the Calgary area, they're open. Get on them. Okay. Uh, do we have anything else to mention for uh, upcoming events? I had to move it down um, to news. I had something in the wrong no. place. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was... Uh, <laughs> thought that was interesting too but uh i actually have one if there's okay. any canadian through three gunners that want to come down to the states uh de- december so you have lots of time to plan uh hard as hell is coming back it'll be at the cobalt kinetics range in st george utah with brian nelson and max leo grandis as mds nice so uh, i know brian was on was talking with uh Dave Hartman today for the three gun show. So that'll probably come out next week uh, with info on, on that. But I know that they're going to contact previous attendees first and then open it up for everyone else. So cool. Yeah. Good. And uh, important. We mentioned ladies days, Kelly, also known as the CCFR's women's division is looking to support sponsor ladies days events at your range. This is a range driven initiative, but if you would like the sponsorship and support contact Kelly at slamfire radio at gmail.com or info at farms dot farms rights.ca. Uh, we'll get into the news and we have the big story from yesterday right about the amendment to the amnesty period that affects uh many of us yeah um, or doesn't yeah doesn't do anything well, <laughs> all of our ARs just stay in the same and i i know yeah. there were people that were anxious with yeah. you know the 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 day coming soon right we not that the, knew they not didn't that, have their yeah, shit yeah I, know, I know it was I know. obvious like they, <laughs> that, yeah what, what was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago where, where they were like uh maybe you'll have to prove whatever the price of your firearm yeah. was and maybe yeah. that's how we're gonna do this whole thing like they they were still like throwing <laughs> yeah. shit at the wall just to see what would stick they didn't know what they were doing they still no. don't yeah. know what they're doing it's it's all big talk to they have to actually put the work in place. To, yeah. to I think they sat, they sat on their ass for two years mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, and didn't put any real planning into this. Yeah. They've only been planning over the last two months. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's easy to say we're going to ban a bunch of guns, but okay, but what's the you know these are people that own these things all over this huge country, and there's thousands and millions of dollars involved. Yeah. And, you know, what are the logistics of it? What are the logistics mm-hmm. of it? How are we going to get them? People are just going to show yeah. up with them. Like, <laughs> there was so. one line in there. I don't know if it was in the Gazette or what, but it. it just it rubbed me the wrong way because it said, "Oh, we're giving mm-hmm. giving firearms owners more time to become compliant." Yeah, to come into which compliance. is a load of bullshit because yeah. we were already compliant because they told us not to do anything to keep them at home. <laughs> yeah. These are super dangerous guns. Yes. Uh, you can keep them, uh, but just keep them for two years. Yeah, they're, they're two so years go da- by. they're so dangerous for us to possess that just keep them for another year and a half. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Chris yeah. Kimball's saying, 
why plan? They got the votes. They don't actually have to follow through. Uh, that's a good point. Well, may, what if they just use it for votes for the next time, too? Yeah. yeah. Well, and with extending it a year and a half, it's perfect for that. Minority Maybe. government, they yep. extended it a year and a half. Yeah. Chris might yeah. be onto something on there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think that's... It, well, and, and they did, just didn't really put any planning work into no. at all to figure this thing out. They reached out to IBM, and then that was basically it. <laughs> IBM put together a good report. And it went over, like, all the possibilities. Like, they didn't get their money's worth, but they got they got a report. And, like, and it, it had some de- some decent ideas in there and some really terrible ideas. Um, but at some point, you need to do, well, maybe maybe you don't need to do anything. These guns are all super dangerous, but please just hang on to them for a little while, for for another two years. <laughs> so many, so many ideas. Magical fairies are just going to ga- grab and gather all these guns for them. Uh, well, they had gone through like, what would this kind of confiscation look like? What would this kind look look like? And and what what are the different ideas or possibilities that could work? And uh, most of the ideas are terrible, but you know, yeah. The, you know, by by documenting them all and putting them out there, you can have a consult. You can you get the chance to pay a consultant, and boy, governments love paying consultants, and uh, they get the the best ideas uh, out there as well. I, I think liberals and terrible ideas kind of go hand in hand. They're like synonymous, right? So yeah, they're they're bunglers bunglers of all things. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the next one here is uh, Wolverine. They have Wolverine days coming back. I'd imagine they had to cancel some of them because of uh, COVID. Oh yeah, uh, June twenty fifth and twenty sixth. They have Wolverine days coming soon. More details coming soon. So this will be a full range event. Star will be open, and they'll be doing all sorts of fun stuff. Okay, uh, you put in a story from Edmonton. I don't know too much about that. What? Well, I did. I actually, um, I was just searching around for news items um, just while we we're on the show here, and uh, and this one I hadn't heard of this one, so it just this just just popped up for me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was um, the announcement was just this afternoon, but this apparently happened uh, last night. Uh, this is a um, they say a mass shooting event. This is a, a gangsters shooting each other. Um, okay. It, but in a crowd. Uh, because they don't care about other people, and uh, yeah, yeah. they fired sixty or seventy shots into a crowd. So there's a, a group of uh, of gunmen wow. uh, that uh, uh, that they found. Uh, this area is somewhat seedy in uh, in Edmonton, and uh, yeah, so a bunch of uh, gangsters shot some other gangsters and some innocents as well. Uh, and this is uh, a sixty or seventy shots is a, a lot of shots to to fire. Yeah. yeah, but this is gang. This is a gang-related thing, not a mass mass shooting mm. in in that spirit, anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. When I first saw the title, I was like, "Oh my god, sixty or seventy a mass shooting event? What the heck is going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's gangsters shooting each other, and you know, um, we we just had a, re- a recent like notorious kingpin uh, get blown away in Edmonton to no one's regret. Uh, uh, you, uh, but um, this oh. potentially might be like maybe gangs are like figuring themselves out, or maybe they're just doing gangster stuff because they're. Gangsters. Did this? Uh, did this kingpin receive a retirement package? Really, when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah, okay, you could of sorts. You could say, yeah, yeah, he's permanently retired. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but this just looks like. Anyways, they they had the chopper out, so they must have found. Like they they said, they found him right away with the chopper. So okay, okay. good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Yeah. Not a good story, but yeah. No. Um, 
We do not have any new CCFR donations, but uh, very important to donate to the legal fund. Um, looking for a way to help the CCFR fund the massive upcoming court battle. Now it is more important than ever, even more important now. Become a member, donate to the legal fund by sending an EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca. Uh, we'll get into the new gun stuff sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Aslamfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches and is quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to www.boltactioncoffee.com. Discount code SLAMFIRE, all caps. And we have some milsurps from uh, Wolverine Supplies. Yes. Hmm. Nice. What are those going for? You're muted, Adriel. Thank you. Uh, these look like the Yugo <laughs> Mausers, right? I think that's what they look like. Yeah. Or maybe they're just regular Mausers. I don't know. Yeah. I got a I whole bunch of them, about them so. <laughs> mm. I kind of like I kind of like Milsurps. I jump in and out of Milsurps every once in a while. Um, but uh, more than anything, I like collecting Milsurps because it seems, especially these days. You buy a Milserp and then, you know, five years later, it's worth twice as much. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys looked at the price of Mosins recently? No. No. My last Mosin I bought was 180 bucks. Uh, They are going for $500 right now. (laughs) Wow. SKS is like 500. So like they were at like 450 for a while. Now they're they're like five, 520-ish, somewhere around there. And is that a rough condition? Like, No, that's in like decent condition. Decent, okay. uh, uh, a Mosin for 500 bucks. Oh my God. That is just absolutely horrendous. See, I'm still like, you're talking an SKS for four or 500 to me. That's outrageous. Cause I'm still thinking back when I had mine at $200 for a mm-hmm. SKS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I released a video just before the price of them like got jacked and uh, I was like, Oh yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're a cheap little blaster, 200 bucks, get a crate of ammo, nice and cheap, 26 cents around. And then, like, within a year, people are like, what are you even talking about? Like, this is not the price of SKSs. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess things changed. <laughs> <laughs> Should have bought one when I told you to. Yeah. yeah. You didn't yeah, listen. <laughs> yeah, well, the same thing is going to happen here. Actually, the the one that I'm uh, I'm probably going to rebuy into is the Carcanos because Marstar still has that two for $600 plus a, a hard case deal. So I'm probably going to re-up on those because... 300 bucks for a Carcano in great condition is uh, is a fantastic deal. So I'm, I'm probably going to re-up on those, but I'm just okay. glad I've got all, all those red rifles uh, because of the Russian conflict. They're all going up in price yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of those um, Soviet guns were in Russia, right? Russia or sorry, Ukraine and Ukraine was like refurbing them and sending them out. So like our, I believe a lot of our SVT 40s were from Ukraine, and some of our uh, our SKSs that we had gotten recently were from the Ukraine as well. So mm-hmm. none of that stuff's coming in anymore. Neither is the MFS or the Barnall or any of that kind of ammo. It's not it's not going to come in anymore. So yeah, it makes sense. All that, all that cheap ammo is gone. Uh, I didn't know this was a thing. Apparently, it is. Uh, Iron Guns is bringing in the Beretta M922. It's like an M9, oh. except it's in 22LR. 22, okay. They've also got the M9A1 22LR. Right around 420 bucks for both of them. Hmm, Interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. 
I uh, I have a, a distaste for M9s, so I don't really care. But maybe yeah. some of our listeners really like M9s, and yeah. uh, it's good to know that that's an option. I'm sure they're out there. So, do you think this yeah. is bread, or you think this is like a GSG or ISSC or something like that? It's got to be for that price. This is not Beretta money. Does it say where it's mm. made? Mm-hmm. I guess uh, not. I saw finish, but it was matte black finish, so that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, hard to, I'd be willing to bet it's GSG. Or, or, yeah. Uh, if it doesn't say made yeah. in Italy, then it probably, <laughs> yeah. it probably is. California. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's interesting. Anyways, 400 bucks. That's cool. And then I wanted to, to add in something that's a little bit more silly, or not silly. If you're into LARPing, like military stuff, uh, Cold Harbor Supply has the Holosun LE321R multifunction. It's a laser light thing, hmm. like a peck that you'd throw on your rifle to make it look yep. like you're an operator. If you wanted to like get out at night with your night vision gear and your multifunction light laser device, IR Illuminator, uh, you could use one of these. There's so few places where you can actually discharge a firearm, though, in Canada that, at night. That uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of kind of hard to uh, to get out with one of these. I'd imagine anywhere I would uh, take the, one of these out, uh, fishing game would like charge me with poaching, uh, even if I was like all decked out in like proper LARPing stuff. Anyways, <laughs> Cold Harbor Supply has these things for fourteen hundred bucks if you want to LARP. Very nice. Now, this is LARPing on a budget. This I approve of. Uh, <laughs> SJ Hardware has the, the Turk Nelly. I love that they call it the Turk Nelly. They have the Turk Nelly breaching choke tube. So yeah. it's uh, the, all the, not all of them, most of the inexpensive Turkish shotguns use the Benelli mobile choke system. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a couple of, uh, of Turk shotguns that use the Benelli mobile. And this is just a breaching choke. So it's got like the, I think it was, what do you call that? Crenellated. It's got a pokey bit on the end, so you can <laughs> I don't know, jab it into something, jab it pokey into a door, bit. so you can yeah. like blast a door frame off or something like that. Uh, yeah. And it's got a little bit of a spacer in front of it, so you can I don't know, yeah. throw a, a load of buck or a slug or something like that through a deadbolt and and open up your door uh, permanently. Fifty <laughs> bucks at S and J Hart. And look at Hart that, Hart. you can make four payments of twelve fifty. It's like <laughs> it's basically you're getting it for free. Ooh, you know you're you know you're uh, really hard up for cash when you when, when you're financing fifty. Yeah, if you're financing fifty bucks, you should probably get out of the gut world. So. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Uh, yeah, put some money into the gas. I, I gassed up my wife's tiny little Kia car yesterday. It cost me yeah. seventy five bucks. Yeah, yeah. When that uh, when subcompacts are starting to get that expensive, you're like, uh oh. And then you get into pickup trucks and two fifties and three fifties, and you're like, oh, oh no, that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's all the stuff I could find this week. Driving is for rich people now. So okay, and tonight we have Ross from Tactical Performance Center in St. George, Utah. On hey Ross, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. Like every single time here in Utah, it's awesome weather, really nice and sunny. So I like sun. I'm doing awesome. (laughs) It looks beautiful out there. It is beautiful. The Red Cliffs combination with sun, it's beautiful, especially at this time of the year. Later on in summer, it's getting a little bit hot, but, uh, you know, right now it's perfect weather. Yeah, it was pretty perfect Tuesday night when I was out there shooting with you guys. That was it was nice. Yeah, best time of the year right now in that area here. Awesome. 
Well, so you're a director of training for TPC, Tactical Performance Center. Uh, I was thinking, why don't you start off by telling us about yourself, give us your, your basically your biography, because I was reading up on it, and it's uh, quite extensive and very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do it uh, briefly, but uh, as you can see and understand from uh, my exotic accent, uh, <laughs> I'm not the natural American, so... Uh, I'm a Bulgarian, so I started serving uh, in the Bulgarian Army for several years. After that, I uh, started working for United States Diplomatic Security Service for over seven years. Uh, then there was uh, several contracts, like a uh, tactical instructor in the Middle East. And I said to myself, well, I love to shoot. I love to teach. Uh, let's move in the shooting mecca of the world, United States. So luckily enough, uh, it happens like this. So uh, uh, I've met Ron in person in one of the uh, USPSA competitions organized here in St. George, Utah. And we start chatting. Uh, we're becoming friends. I started uh, uh, helping with uh, TPC. TPC was uh, already established at that point and then become a lead instructor. And uh, later on, actually right now, uh, we are continuing the uh, legacy of, uh, of Ron Avery. Now, uh, from a competitive uh, perspective, I'm a USPSA production grandmaster, uh, and I started competing back in uh, 2000s when I was in the United States Diplomatic Security Service. Why? Uh, I watched the uh, world shoot uh, in uh, Petersburg, South Africa after that. And interestingly enough, uh, uh, Ron took second in that world shoot, even with a broken finger. So uh, I said to myself, wow, you know, these guys, they, they are really, their marksmanship is top notch. It means they're fast uh, and very accurate in their speed and uh, probably the best manipulation and marksmanship when you're talking about the modern pistol craft. So I was impressed and um, I started uh, competing because of that. I wanted just to uh, um, kind of fine tune uh, my marksmanship skills and at the same time doing something fun, right? Competing with, uh, with the other great guys. So briefly, that's how everything started. Awesome. And what about TPC? Like you mentioned that you're carrying on the legacy of Ron Avery, and but what's the history behind TPC? Like it was started by Ron Avery, or so TPC was uh, founded by uh, Ron Avery and Ken Nelson. Uh, Ken Nelson uh, is known like the person develop, uh, developing the uh, practice score. It's very well known. Uh, uh, software actually a scoring system uh, that most of the USPSA matches are run by practice score these days and uh, that software actually helped us to uh, <clears throat> substitute you know the regular paper and pen with uh, welcome actually we, we entered the digital era at that point right mm -hmm. so it's really nice very easy uh, at the moment that the wash shot at the competition is fired you know in all the results. Of course, there's a verification process, but uh, there is no, like, several hours wait, you know, to calculate all the scores. 
It's uh, very easy. It's very good also for the, uh, the, the shooter so they can see uh, different uh, stats and uh, based on that to kind of schedule or uh, reorientate their uh, training. It yeah. shows the weaknesses and the lacks of skills, or etc., etc., etc. So, uh, basically, one of the uh, uh, it's a revolutionary software in in that uh, in that kind. And the second co-founder that was uh, uh, Ron Avery, and basically he is the doctrine developer of uh, TPC's doctrine that we call the reactive shooting science. Why? Uh, Ron was a, a deep thinker. He was a very, very clever man, and uh, uh, for he d- devoted thirty-seven years of his life actually shooting and uh, talking with the best best shooters around the world, regardless of their background. So he's a he has a law enforcement background. So uh, he noticed that uh, regardless of the area that. Uh, these shooters are coming from, they are applying more or less the same principles in order to achieve the high performance in uh, marksmanship under speed. So he formulated the core principles, uh, and that's the, the signature of uh, TPC. So we are not a uh, uh, drill-driven school. We are not teaching uh, specific techniques. Yes, we can do some recommendations about techniques, but mainly we are principle-driven uh, uh, school. If you understand the core principles behind the marksmanship and the high level of performance, you know how to actually uh, correct your mistakes. If you make a mistake, you can correct that in a fly, and you can design your own system, training system, not only a program, everything together to, to create that synergy between training practice and performance yeah according think, uh, to the needs according to the needs the specific needs right it can be a competition yeah. it can be a self-defense it mm-hmm. can be a more military application or law enforcement application it doesn't matter yeah i think one of the one of the things that i realized when i started taking a, a little bit of pistol instruction was uh, I didn't know how to self-diagnose, but before I got the instruction, I didn't know how to self-diagnose my issues. Ah, my accuracy is not very good. Didn't know where to start. And then after you take instructions, you start to uh, understand a little bit what it could be. Oh, I think I'm flinching, or I think I'm not. I'm, my gri- I'm not gripping hard enough, or whatever. Uh, whatever the the problem might be. But you, un- until you get the instruction, you don't even know where to start, and it's just the blind leading the blind. You're you're lead- trying to lead yourself down there. And the problem of that is uh, uh, you're not you're not aware enough, and it's uh, it's very easy actually to develop something that we call bad habits. Actually, it's not a bad habits. What you're doing, you're uh, by repetition of something, by repeating something over and over and again, uh, you actually ingrain that skill in uh, in your subconscious mind and. Uh, if you ingrain something that it's not useful or is even wrong, it's way more difficult actually to unlearn and actually to implement the proper the proper technique or uh, the proper principle there. Yeah, you rely on on those bad habits, and then uh, you where you should be starting from a from a good spot, like like the the shooters uh, moving their rear sights all the way to the right <laughs> to make up for the flinch instead of just learning yeah. how to pull the trigger properly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you mentioned you're a, you're a performance center, but you mentioned self-defense. And we've heard that there's millions of first-time gun owners in the U.S. that have, you know, added to the numbers over the last few years. Do you have training for, for them as well, or is it more advanced than the beginner step? The the uniqueness of our, let's say, uh, core flagman flagmanship uh, uh, program, our main training course, it's called the Handgun Mastery. And the, the unique about that course, it's uh, uh, regardless of your level of proficiency, you will you'll learn tons of things about you know about this the, the specific skill it means uh based on your level of competence you will extract uh, different layers mm. of knowledge and it will be equally uh, beneficial for uh, a beginner shooter and it will be equally uh, beneficial for let's say uh, even an expert it's mm. just it's a different different layers that will uh, will end up extracting from from that class hmm. so that's uh that's the interesting thing it's uh it's again it's that uh, entire system that synergy of uh, principles that you can understand and even if you're very very good shooter and you you're very high in the marksmanship under speed uh at least you will have a better understanding and better organization uh, of the knowledge and like that, you can improve also your training sessions in the practice. If that you, makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Are you seeing a, an increase in, in new shooters? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we, we see we can turn an absolute beginner shooter to a, a pretty, pretty decent shooter for less than two days. Like uh, to shooting in a combat speed, uh, we call it a combat speed or a gunfight speed. It's uh, let's say one shot every quarter of a second, multiple shots in a rapid manner, and with a very very uh, uh, reasonable accuracy. Hmm. Uh, what actually Ron uh, Ron Avery actually worked together with uh, Doctor uh, Bill Lewinsky from the Institute of Four Science. And they uh, they conducted a multiple experiments, so they uh, <clears throat> they got to the conclusion that uh, regardless of the level of proficiency of the shooter, if the life is put in danger or you're in a stressful situation, let's say in a cross proximity uh, shooting in an urban environment like seven yards up to nine, eleven yards. Everybody, regardless, automatically will shoot in that rate of fire. One shot, quarter of a second. So multiple shots in that speed. Now, this is the advantage of, uh, of the training sh uh, trained shooters that uh, we will able actually to preserve, to keep the accuracy on in that rate of fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick, yeah. <laughs> Everybody can shoot fast, right? Mm -hmm. Are you able Accur to hit? Uh, that's yeah. that's the question. Well, that's impressive. You, so you're saying after two days you could get a person competently at that rate of fire, getting it in a, a decent accuracy zone. Then, yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow. Yeah, they were able to uh, hit, let's say, uh, two up to three inch circles at about five yards distance in that rate of fire after the second day. 
Why? Because everything is a, in a very everything is presented in a very logical way, in a very progressive manner. So everything makes sense if you're actually if you're aware, if you understand everything, and if you're kinesthetically aware. It means you're able to actually apply it, and you you know your body. You can. Uh, uh, separate and understand how the different muscle groups are working and how the different tendons, you can stiffen the different tendons and you apply everything. It's, it's an easy progression. It means you, you never, you know, you're not going to get lost during that process. It's very, uh, logical. It's very scientific. That's why we call it, uh, uh reactive shooting science. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you, you're not going to understand it. It's just, uh, uh, physical walls and biomechanics and of course of course the big portion of that is also emotional control when you're talking about consistency and uh, of the performance in in that speed and so do, you, so do you guys do any mindset training to to help with that or yes yes also yeah. we, we we teach the philosophy of the mental game as well and uh, we emphasize that during the class as well, where it's very important. Uh, what we do, we teach uh, a, a passive recall and muscle flip management. And the idea is to preset, to create a, a, a shooting platform that will manage everything for you. So what we like to say is that the stance will manage the recoil and the grip will manage the muscle flip. So yeah. if you build them, and trust them completely and you do not do anything proactive uh, during the shot and you move just the finger and observe the sights if you build them correctly uh the grip will return the sights back to alignment and the stance will return that uh, alignment back to the same point of aim uh, that's one of the very interesting drills that we do very early in the first day and uh Students are amazed. What we do when we explain the stance and grip and we uh, actually combine them together, um, what we do, we have a blank sheet of paper for about four yards and uh, we preset the stance and the grip. We align the sights on that blank sheet of paper that intentionally lower the gun so we are not using the sights at all. The only focus will be to stay absolutely passive and to be aware, not to be pre- proactive, not to react on the shot. And if you do that and you have a good and solid uh, trigger manipulation, you will uh, put a hole in a hole. You start keyholing, let's say, five shots in a row, in one hole, without aiming at all. Wow. So the stance and the grip biomechanically will do everything for you, uh, the entire recoil. Now, that's uh, easy to be said. It's way more difficult to be applied. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's very, very connected to the uh, mental and emotional control. We always tend to try to over-control or over-try, right? The idea is to stay absolutely passive, just to observe what is going on, to keep everything Consistent, that means not to relax the grip bef- uh, after the shot, not to stiffen or to increase the pressure just before the next shot, not to lean towards the gun for the next shot. All that's uh, proactive actions that will change 
uh, and will add the inconsistency in your shooting platform. Does that make sense for you guys? I think so. It's more letting it happen instead of making it happen. Absolutely. Uh, we use an analogy of, of a gun vice. Uh, so if you want to test uh, a specific firearm's accuracy and grouping, what you do, you clamp it in a gun vice and then you pull the trigger with a special device. So uh, during the shot, that vice stay absolutely consistent, is not reacting to the shot, right? It's the same principle applied here. But instead of a gun vise, we have our, we're creating basically our biomechanical gun vise with our body. Hmm. Well, it's cool to just break it down and keep it simple. I can see with that how somebody could learn really fast. It's not super technical little pieces. It's just, just do this, focus on this, and... Do you guys get into the further advanced tactics where you're you're shaving hundreds of seconds off or or whatever? So uh, we gradually, what we do, we present all, the entire information. Uh, we call it uh, daylight, uh, sunlight, laser beam. It means at the beginning we we are giving a big picture first, uh, and the idea of that is uh, if you get too much into the details too soon, especially for uh, a beginner students, they will get lost. Uh, even if they grasp uh, uh, one specific concept, there are small details. There's so many small details that uh, uh, they will lose it. They will lose it. So what we'll do, uh, we'll present first, you know, the, the big picture. Uh, we conduct some drills and training so all the students get familiar with that. And we, uh, we're starting to narrow our focus in small, more minor details that will make a big difference over there until we reach the, the top level. It's uh, that small minor details, we call them a laser beam that will change. And that, that can be a difference, let's say, between a, a reasonable shooter and a top expert. Small things that we can tweak, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of small details that we are uh, covering in the, in the handgun mastery class but we do that again in a very progressive manner. So we we always focus to keep and add one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Why? Because if you if you presented too many things that you need to be aware at some point that are new for you, conscious mind can focus on one thing. The subconscious is the one that it's a multitasker and actually can. Uh, uh, conduct and uh, control up to a million processes at the same time. But uh, we are learning with uh, our conscious mind, with our intellect and logic. So we need to be aware how we are applying that one thing, the new thing, correctly. And we need to keep that awareness uh, until, you know, we get more confident or we get more familiar uh, kinesthetically about that particular skill. Otherwise, we can easily turn that uh, training process to a, what do we call it, a junk training that uh, we start implementing a lot of bad habits. So we need to be very aware about it. And we emphasize that over and over and over during the class. Okay. Um, you offer law enforcement and military training at the facility as well, correct? Yes, yes, and uh, we also traveling around the country. We uh, uh, we are happy and we honored to train a lot of uh, agencies uh, and a lot of instructors, including uh, 
uh, uh, SWAT teams and etc. And uh, they they are amazed how everything is structured. So uh, again, Ron Ron Avery was a very very smart guy, deep thinker. So the ability to create an actual system, not only you know conducting a training with using a drills and techniques and et cetera, et cetera, but to create a system, entire system that uh, combine, combines everything in, in a very, uh, in, a, in, a, in a synergy. That means training practice, uh, uh, schedule, scheduling your training program, developing your training program, uh, uh, the ability to actually teach others or to self-diagnose yourself and to correct your mistakes. Hmm. And of course, if you yeah. need to uh, adapt some kind of changes because of, uh, let's say, the, uh, the mission of uh, your performance, you can easily do that because you have a deep understanding of uh, all the mechanics and all the principles behind the performance. And that's the beauty of it. That's cool because, yeah, it sounds like basically what I'm taking away, you you train performance shooters, not just competitors. No, no. Yeah, the, yeah. the entire system is developed. Basically, uh, Ron's uh, intent was uh, to actually develop the ultimate, uh, uh, like a self-defense marksmanship system, right? It, it totally translates to uh, competitive shooting because a marksmanship and uh, – Weapon handling are pretty much the same, right? So it translates pretty well. But uh, uh, you know, high performance marksmanship under speed—it's uh, it's absolutely essential, especially for self-defense applications. Cool. So yeah, you said you you travel all over the U.S. and we had started talking Tuesday night there about you guys coming up to Canada. I know it's been uh, tried before by a group of people. And I think uh, after this, some, there's going to be some people interested. So I kind of wanted to get you to let us know what would be the requirements to get you guys to willing to come up to Canada to to shoot a put on a course. Sorry, mm. and that I in a in a first uh, in a first place, students to to willing to uh, have an open mind and willing to to learn new stuff. <laughs> that's uh, that's the most important thing, right? Uh, yeah. To be sure. eager to be eager to improve, and it, again, uh, improvement. It's a you cannot say that at the moment that you say that you know everything. Uh, actually, you stop your progress. Yeah? There's no mm-hmm. such kind of thing, right? So there's always always uh, room for more improvement or to learn new stuff or to approach the things in a different perspective. So yeah. Uh, just students willing to learn and uh, just uh, a suitable firearm, ammunition, and that's it. If you have like a group of 15 guys, we can make it happen. That's that's everything. Of course, a notebook, a pen, because there's a lot of small things. <laughs> and uh, uh, if people always, uh, they come in the class and say, yeah, I will remember, you know, or uh, I'll, I'll take uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take a voice. No, no. Uh, the uh, let's say the, fir- the 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 half of the first day, 
they start searching for notebooks or something like that, or they start uh, typing in their phones because there's small details, a lot of small details that are very important. Uh, so, so over a two-day course, how much ammo do you would you expect to shoot? Obviously, it's going to be different if you need to work on a skill a little bit more, but. Yeah, so uh, a handgun mastery, which is kind of our core class, it's basically three days. So say it like 500 rounds per day, which okay. is a very doable uh, amount. And it's uh, very useful without overwhelming the students. At the same time, it provides them a good amount of repetitions and, and practice. For sure. So yeah, 15 people, 1,500 rounds of ammo each and what about if someone wanted to come down to the states i, I know um the atf or what is it i can't remember itar is uh tricky on some training for for foreigners are you guys able to train canadians down in the u.s uh, we, we are training uh when you're training just marksmanship that's not supposed to be a problem you know it's just a marksmanship mm-hmm. like uh, uh all the competitive shooters they are traveling around the world and training basically we're training the same the same techniques and principles uh, that are suitable for uh, you know for uh, uh, competition and etc and uh, there there's no there's no problem now we, we cannot teach of course any kind of a tactics uh, special mm-hmm. tactics and etc that will be under ITAR for sure but uh, there's a many competitions actually uh, competitive competitive shooters that are traveling and taking classes uh, around the world awesome yeah because i think that would be cool i'd love to i've been wanting to attend one of your guys courses for a long time nah. yeah so uh something that uh i think a lot of people kind of mix together and th- this is where it's coming you know the uh the the confusion of uh everybody heard all of you heard uh oh competition will get you killed on the street right because <laughs> Uh, there are some things that are different in competition for sure. You know, uh, it's different because the mission is different in a competition. You have a preset course of fire. Uh, you know, everything, you know, where the targets are and your only mission is to shoot it as, uh, as fast as possible with uh, reasonable accuracy, right? In a real situation, you have completely different mission, and that's to survive or to protect somebody else. So based on a difference in missions, of course, the tactics will be completely different. So you're not going to run like this in the street, and uh, you're not going to opening the corners like you do in a competition, of course. It's a nonsense to claim that, right? But when you're talking about marksmanship skills and technicality of actual shooting under speed they're pretty much the same plus minus several small small nuances over there but uh, we like to explain at the very beginning of the of the classes that uh, regardless for what you're training for let's say you're training for self-defense you need to understand that again it's very important to create that progressive uh, manner of training. So let's say the, what, what are the three pillars of, uh, of successful uh, competitive uh, marksmanship or whatever, you know, performance, 
to, to, to the ability to protect yourself in the street. Physical fitness, obviously, it's, it's helpful, but uh, you cannot change that for a day or a week, right? No. Uh, so it means, especially in civilian world, it is what it is. Uh, obviously, if you want to change that, you know, you start uh, doing more, uh, spend more time in a, in, a, in a fitness, in a gym, that's for sure. Uh, it's very important for military personnel. It's important for more specialized uh, law enforcement units. Uh, for civilians, you have what you have. So the three pillars actually, uh, marksmanship skills, technical skills of shooting, then you have a specific tactical knowledge and ability to apply that in an edit situation. And the third one is the mindset and awareness. So you need to train these three different components uh, step by step. It means we recommend and we believe that marksmanship is it's essential. You need to turn that to a subconscious skill. That means the ability to shoot fast and accurate without even thinking about it, right? In a real situation, you don't have the uh, uh, the time and the ability to think about how you're going to prepare the trigger and release that shot. Uh, in a stressful situation, so you need to ingrain that in your subconscious mind and it, you need to have the, the ability to perform that with your subconscious mind. Then, Decision-making and proper tactics. You need to turn that also to kind of a subconscious mind. So to be able to have a proper reaction according to the specific stimulus or kind of to assess the situation and to take the the proper decision. Then combine these two, the decision-making, proper tactics, and marksmanship skills, right? And create that synergy. Work together, repeat, 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 and then start to test the ability of these skills, uh, pressure, stress, physical fatigueness, and etc., etc., and to see how well you can maintain first your decision-making ability under stress, and are you going to degrade your marksmanship skills under stress? So kind of to add layer over layer over layer, in order to create that uh, final goal if you want to survive in a gunfight. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think it yeah. makes sense. I mean, we, we all shoot competitions. We all, we all remember probably our first time going to our first match and seeing all the uh, gun handling skills, accuracy, all of it going out the window and, uh, and seeing how poorly that, that has gone. And I think we've all, we're, we're all uh, practiced to the point now where we can start shooting a, a stage for example and uh and having our like be, being sub uh shooting the whole thing subconsciously our, our conscious mm-hmm. mind to like kind of uh acting as uh the director of the show but not actually doing the the, the measures so uh fully realize it. it's a great goal to to achieve for uh especially for new shooters to get them there and uh to do it in two, in two days like I, th- I think uh the great thing about getting uh really great training uh early on without any bad habits is that fresh canvas for you to paint on. You can make a, a great shooter uh, without any of those bad habits to start with. It's probably uh, yeah. it's probably a lot easier than getting someone who's got a lot of bad habits to break. Right. It's way much easier. It's way much easier. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. You know, we are far from the claim that will 
create a top shooter for three days. Uh, <laughs> it requires a lot of consistency and requires a lot of practice. You know, there, there is no bypassing. You cannot bypass that process. But all the students at the end of day three, they'll leave the class with all the knowledge necessary and all the uh, diagnostics and self-diagnostic skills uh, to continue that journey and to design their own training system and their own training schedule and program. Awesome. Give them a full toolbox and let them go to work. Hmm. Correct. And toolbox that uh, Rons used to say, you know, uh, there is a very uh, common phrase, you know, oh, that's uh, just another tool for my toolbox, right? So uh, I'll go to that class, I'll pick up something from here, and I'll go to the other class, and I'll pick up something from there. And that's great, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, you're actually developing wisdom and knowledge. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of shooters are not aware that, uh, okay, let's say you cannot uh, build, let's say, uh, a NASCAR that is competitive uh, using, let's say, uh, uh, a Corvette engine and a, a Honda Civic brakes, right? <laughs> uh, first, first turn will be out of the track, uh, the racetrack. So you, you're taking that tools for the toolbox, but uh, you need to create and uh, you need to actually pick up and choose the proper tools that they will work together in a proper way. They'll create that synergy that it's necessary. And that's what's creating a system, right? That's a difference between just uh, uh, taking a technique or conducting a drill or creating an entire entire system that will create that synergy and combine everything together. One final goal. That's why final goal is at uh, top performance. Of course, the more you know the better choice you have that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah 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 and i like that analogy because yeah just because you took that training doesn't mean it was quality or it works with the other training that that you took but if you get wise enough to know where you can apply certain things or where you can apply other things i guess would be an accurate way of lo- looking at that is that right Yes, and, uh, you know, specific techniques, some techniques can work really great with, with, with some shooters, but uh, uh, probably are not, uh, not very applicable or not very efficient. We, uh, the other shooter, uh, everybody's different. What, that's why we call individuals, right? Uh, physical build, uh, strength, uh, hand uh, size and shape. Uh, even the way how the uh, the mind actually the brain is processing the information, the kinesthetic awareness that we have, it's different, right? So we cannot say that uh, let's say with fits everybody, right? But if you understand the principles behind the performance, we can tweak it here and there, and basically you will. Uh, modified the technique in order to create your own style. If you see the top shooters in the, let's say, in the USPSA or EPSIC world, you see that all of them, they look slightly different, right? They have their own style. They're, they're doing the things a little bit different, but the end result, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. It means tenths, uh, sometimes a hundredth of a second. So... Uh, that's what they do. They adapt uh, uh, specific techniques according to their needs and they're developing their own style. 
you need to know the principles in depth in order to be able to do that. Say that's fair for sure. Uh, so if someone wanted to either talk to you about bringing you up to Canada or even attending one of your classes, where can they uh, find that information and get a hold of you guys? Uh, uh, they can uh, find it. There's actually uh, our website. We have a lot of uh, tons of tons of useful uh, useful information. So www.tacticalperformancecenter.com. I know that it's pretty long. Again, Tactical Performance Center, one word, dot com. Uh, you can find a lot of uh, good articles over there in our blog, including uh, original Ron Avery's uh, uh, articles. Uh, you'll uh, find all the new TPC challenges. That's a kind of a simple but very challenging drills that are uh, designed actually to uh, narrow your focus on one specific marksmanship skill. If you combine all of them, actually, yeah, you're creating yourself like a practical or reactive shooter. Uh, you can find tons of videos and video instructions, uh, and there is also an email address, or you have uh, a contact uh, box for that that reaches. Also, we have a, a phone number that uh, can reach us all the time. So if you have any kind of questions or the students want to contact us, uh, please do not hesitate. Uh, we respond in a day, maximum in two, uh, but we're, we respond to all the questions or contacts. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Well, what, you guys have anything else for, for us? No, just thanks for coming on. I mean, we, uh, I remember when we had, uh, Ken, uh, Nelson on, uh, I think it was four years ago, I think on, on the podcast and, uh, yeah, you guys are a bunch of pros and it's, uh, it's great to hear from you again. <clears throat> Well, thank you again, Ross, for coming on, and uh, it was good shooting with you Tuesday night. And oh, it was awesome! It's always yeah. great fun, right? Oh, for sure. And you, it sent you a text, but yeah, thanks for the dinner recommendation because that was <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I told you that uh, you'll be we'll be happy about that place for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well. We're going to get on with the rest of the show, but uh, thanks again, Ross, for coming on. And everyone, go check out Tactical Performance Center. They have an amazing facility and, as you heard, awesome philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, something that we can actually close our conversation, it's uh, I can be kind of an uh, advocate for, uh, in general, for the sport of uh, practical shooting. You know, a lot of people, especially the new gun owners, they uh, kind of, uh, they are hesitant uh, to... Uh, start competing we highly suggest that including for law enforcement and uh for everybody that wants to kind of evolve in the skills uh you witness that and you know guys that uh, you know the uh the community of uh, practical shooters is very welcoming and mm-hmm. nobody Absolutely. is uh, laughing or it's uh uh, it's uh, critical. It's uh, actually everybody wants to help uh, for the beginners, uh, and it's the the most important thing is a very it's a high level of safety environment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a priority number one. First, the great way to actually learn how to manipulate uh, to have a safe gun handling, and you know, um, think about get involved in a with your local club in a let's say a weekend local competition matches and uh, slowly you can uh, 
progress over there. Now, the beauty about competition later on is that uh, uh, you uh, it provides you also a great uh, chance and great ability to to test yourself and your abilities to perform under stress. It's a different type of stress, but still, you know, the uh, uh, factors are kind of and the symptoms are exactly the same. You know, how are, uh, um, you know, a, a high adrenaline level and mm-hmm. uh, yep. increased heart rate. And, Absolutely. Uh, yep. stuff, and the pressure, you know, the pressure from the yeah. beep. The pressure. <laughs> yes. exactly. Yes. with your head. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great way and a very fun way and also, you know, very friendly way actually to, to progress and to be uh, more, uh, to get more proficient with the weapon handling. And it's not necessary to, to win the match, right? Just yeah. a to participate it's it's a great it builds it builds confidence there's no doubt about it so yep. absolutely yeah, and he's a good tester good mm-hmm. tester it for, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a great time to spend yeah, uh, time on the range in a absolutely. friendly environment mm-hmm. yeah absolutely awesome yeah well thanks for that little bit of uh advice for our new shooters out there ross Seem to be full of wonderful advice. So, absolutely, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was great, great pleasure for me. Thank you, Ross. Yep. Yeah, thank thanks you. for coming on. And hopefully, we'll shoot together uh, soon, really soon again. Well, hopefully, I'm going to try and get down there for December. So, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thanks again for uh, Ross and coming on the show to talk to us about TPC. Really great stuff. It looks like a lot of exciting training and uh, great website too to check out. There's a lot of stuff on there too. Um, we'll get into listener feedback sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers he offers hot blowing park rising and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at www.dcgunsmith.ca. He probably also, has some sales and, uh, and other offers on there as well. Okay, cool. And you can check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have one letter, uh, one one email. I can re- I can read it. So it says, hey, Slamfire, as I'm sure you've heard by the time you read this amnesty, this that the amnesty has been extended. Your inbox is probably packed full with other listeners mentioning the amnesty, so I'll keep this short. I'm happy to hear that I don't have to give up my property on May 1st to prevent me turning into a bureaucratic criminal. And I wish to thank the CCFR and its members for fighting the good fight. However, what concerns me is that the that the new date chosen to end the amnesty was October 30th, 2023. At first glance, it makes me think the liberals have more important fish to fry with the Ukrainian situation, the economy, and COVID still going on, plus a not very known, not very known about injunction. So extending the amnesty seems to be a logical choice for the liberals. But on second thought, wouldn't you think if they needed more time to figure out how to take our property from us, why not choose a six or nine month extension? 
To me, setting a time of 18 months from now is probably the Liberals preparing for an election in September 2023, two years after the last election and using this new date as a campaign promise to convince voters with fear and keeping the Liberals in power. Example, vote us out and guns will be set free. What is your take on this? Cheers, Alex. So, like, maybe it's an election thing. Um, yeah. Maybe it's, uh, I mean, it's partially they don't have their shit together. They're like, they're, mm-hmm. they, they are not ready for this. It took two years, and they're not ready. Um, and that's the speed of government. They, they, they're very slow, inefficient. They blow as much money as possible doing nothing. And now they need another two years of doing nothing to, uh, to be really ready. Um, it, it, it might be an election thing. It might just be a pop, a push out for, uh, uh, for the elections, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to, to tell because with a minority government, like they could t- get toppled at any time. If they are weak, yeah. if they, if, if something really bad happens out of like, and they get pinned on it, uh, the, the conservatives and NDP will pounce. They'll vote them out of vol, uh, no confidence trigger an mm-hmm. election. And they'll try to take advantage of that, that weakness to get more votes. So, um, planning for something in 18 months in advance um i don't know if if that would be like a super great strategic move um have any minority governments made it the full four years i don't know i don't pay enough uh, yeah politics the only reason i pay any attention is to see which one which part is you gonna ban my guns or not that's all i care about yeah the more into guns I've gone, the more into politics I've gone. But before that, I couldn't care. <laughs> I honestly didn't care very much, right? Yeah, red, but, blue, orange. Who cares? Like, yeah, you know. But now, now I'm obviously much more invested in this world than before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. When it comes to the libs, even on the non-gun stuff, they don't really get anything done. It's just talk, and then nothing happens. And then they talk again, and then nothing happens. So, yeah. Yeah. So whether they whether they can actually use this, well, they will use it as an election. Uh, uh, yeah. Whether it's something that gets talked about or not, we'll see. Well, my hope is that the new conservative leader, which I hope it becomes him, will be a bit more aggressive in actually challenging the the crap that's thrown out and not just like uh, waffling on it or just kind of backing away from it. So I'm hoping he's going to like be a little bit more like you know, you know. Well, Explain. it'll be Polyev at this point because I don't think yeah. anyone else has got like any like. I don't know. There's, doesn't have any chance. There's, there's something forget. fishy. There's something fishy about the charade situation that just it's like nobody wants him, but then he's being pushed by certain people. So I, <laughs> I don't know enough. I don't understand enough of this stuff to know. But to me, the clear choice is Pierre Polyev. But yeah, we shall see. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kyle's back and somebody from uh, somebody commented, made an excellent comment actually, Chris said, uh, poor Hef's internet is working like IBM's buyback program tonight. So I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I did a speed test before coming on and you know, I was getting almost two megabytes upload and back at home with my hard line, I barely get, I don't even get one. So I figured, okay, I'm good on Wi-Fi. And yeah, well, it's still Wi-Fi. So sorry. About Someone that. turned, neighbors turned the microwave on. It's like, oh, lost <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That's, it'll, that's how yeah. it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, welcome back anyways. So oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So if you'd like to review this show, you can do so through Facebook at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Or sorry, you could email the show, pardon me. Uh, and you can also review us on Facebook. Uh, we do not 
have any new uh, Patreon subscribers, but if you'd like to uh, support the show, we'd really appreciate it. And you can do through you can do so through the Patreon site. Just look for Slamfire Radio. And I think we've uh, covered most of the comments. Anything else we need to point out? Uh, uh, Brandon had pointed out that those might be Swedish Mausers. Ah. He says he needs a nice Swedish Mauser. Maybe those are Swedish Mausers. I don't know. They're Mausers of some kind. They're Swedish, you go. I'm not sure. Swedish. Swedish. The sw- the Swedish ones are nice. Even the Yugo ones were pretty good. The like uh the M24s or M48s, M48s when the, when they first came in um were really decent and again, I kind of wish I would have gotten one when they first come in because when they first come in they were uh were they Arsenal refurbished? I don't know. They're like $400 Mauser though. Really decent price and uh I think that's that's my message. I got to buy more Milserps. That's my investment uh strategy. Milserps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's got his he's got his money in Milserps, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what stock is that? Oh, that's a different kind of stock. It's it's European. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh do we have any shout outs or podcast YouTube movie recommendations from anybody tonight? Uh yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I yeah, I'll shout out Craig for coming on the trip with with me or let me hang out with him however way it worked for being willing to travel with me on this trip and split costs uh shout out to brian and ross for letting me shoot with them and hang out with them tuesday night that was a lot of fun and good to shoot see brian again and meet ross so awesome are you listening to country country music while you're driving no sometimes he puts on country but I had my playlist going when I was driving through the night. All right. So. All right. It don't bother me. I'll listen to whatever static in the air if need be. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, just another shout out to my buddies for helping me build that, that room. It took a day and a bit, day and a half, I guess, of, of like solid work. So I was glad they were out to help. It's a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of sawing and nailing and measuring mm-hmm. and beer drinking and uh oh it's sawing again because you didn't yeah. measure twice the first time yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's bound to happen once yeah. or twice yeah well it's yeah. just a practice cut so pre-cut pre-cutting it for another people another area you can use it for there you go yeah, there yeah. Go. <laughs> makes sense uh i have nothing tonight um so check us out on gun owners of canada like us on facebook uh, we're still trying to get it to our 3,000 mark. Uh, give us a review on Facebook. Uh, join the CCFR. Very, very important. And uh, see you next week. Later. Good night, Kelly. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. Time to get a gun